There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles that they never could. This is the road <laughs> to infinity. Welcome to the Road to Infinity. We're here to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, that was the theme from Spectacular Spider-Man, a fantastic, uh, amazing, spectacular te- animated show from 2008. Uh, unfortunately, it was canceled due to the Disney merger. Because when a new lion comes into the pride, the first thing it does is kill all the cubs. <laughs> Joining me to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home is the guy who sat in the theater next to me while I watched it for the very first time, Rob. Yes! Yeah, we're very excited. Our first time seeing it when you saw it with me. Yes, that was my second time. I saw it in the morning, and then we That's were right. like, we got to go see it at night, and then I have seen it a third time since then. This is the first Marvel movie in a long time that I did not see the first showing of, and that was just due to a weird scheduling snafu, because when they announced it, they said it was coming out on, what was it, the third? Right. And so they did the evening shows on the second. I don't know if I get my numbers right, but basically, on I'll say it this way. Uh, it was coming out on the on the Wednesday officially, and so the Tuesday, uh, they said, and the first show they put up, they put up the 7 o'clock show, which is usually what they do for their the, the first show. And I bought my tickets for it, uh, and then all of a sudden, they're like, no, no, it's just coming. We're actually doing a midnight show on Monday. And I was like, but I already bought my tickets for it. Yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, obviously, they, they milked the whole 4th of July week, but... Sure. Yeah, that was crazy because, I mean, it was packed. We saw it at a 1030 in the morning show Mm -hmm. on the second, and it was, I mean, it was just as packed as the evening one we went to. So, yeah, it was big. Yeah, there is a wonderful communal experience seeing the movie for the first time with other people who also want to see it as much as you do at the same time. Well, and here's the thing, especially with this kind of movie, which we, of course, will talk about, there are multiple moments in this movie that you have to experience with a a bunch of fans. Yes, because it just it adds everything to the surprise and the love and everything. and of all the Marvel movies, this one so benefits from a second viewing because you're seeing yes. it in such a different way. Like we, we saw it together, obviously you had seen it earlier, and then so you were seeing it the second time, so you were already hip to the twists. And I did the same thing. I took my wife and daughter to see it a couple of days later, and was sort of watching it from knowing what Mysterio was doing, knowing what Nick Fury was going through, and then watching their reaction to it too, because one of the, and I know we're, we're, we'll get to the, the point by point, but you know, there's all these great, fantastic fan moments and, and being awesome and stuff too. But that moment when Peter is giving Quentin the glasses, the audience 
knows. They don't know how they know, but they know this is wrong. <laughs> like right. he's, he's doing it. And it's like, there's this, I even heard my wife go, Oh no, Peter. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, it's, it's, it was, it's such a great, such a great moment of that. Of like, it's just like, Oh no, you're making another, no, please don't. And then even if, Tony loves her so much. Even uh, my daughter was saying, you know, as we were going, she's like, I thought your series was a bad guy. And I'm like, well, you know, it's the MCU. It's the uh, rules are different and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, she said something about like, that's weird that they could just go into a bar and there'd be just a bunch of people there and no one would make a big deal of it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny how that happened, huh? You could have been a real, you could, you, you could have been a real ass and just, and just said, well, you know, it's the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> that's right so i get a little vindication back Son because gun seriously there's no multiverse no, no wait no we're not gonna go that far just <laughs> well, not this in point, this movie that's right so what we had what we led to believe was that it went out of the case. so so let's talk about mysterio as a character for him mysterio has always been one of my favorite spider-man villains and i'm so glad that not only did he get the chance to be on the big screen uh but he also gets to be awesome uh, that people are now coming around to the love of it. Uh, he was, I mean, he's been around since like the, the teen. I think he was in like the Macy's Spider-Man, like 13. He's been around for a long, long time in the comics. He is actually a special effects wizard who was sort of kicked out of the business for not following safety protocols. And he was bitter and angry. And so he decided to show the world how awesome his effects were by becoming Mysterio. All the stuff he would do would be special effects. So he's like a, he'd use hypnotic gas. He'd use holograms and robots and all these things to try and fool people. Uh, so you never really knew where you were with him. Like was, is, even when you're fighting him, is that really him? Is it a robot? Is it a hologram? Is it a, is it a mirror? I mean, like they, he, he's been around for so long. He's gone through pretty much every technology. He was even, he was even, dead for a while and then was he really dead and yeah hmm, that's an interesting point you right? bring up, which we'll have to revisit later yeah, i definitely have some thoughts on that uh but he, he's always been a great but what's i find interesting is that probably his most famous story besides his his origin um and his and his run with the sinister six is not against spider-man so i'm gonna give a little spoiler here for for a, another comic book story so kevin smith was white hot at the time. He was like coming off of uh, a very successful run of movies. This is about the time he was writing Dogma or so. And Marvel came to him and said, "Hey, want to write a character for us? Like we'll have like you have your own little mini series. You don't have to worry about continuity. You can just do your own thing." And he said, "Yeah, I want to write Daredevil." And they're like, "Really?" Because Daredevil was at the time was pretty ice cold. Like nobody was doing anything with Daredevil since Frank Miller had sort of left his mark on it. Uh, no one had wanted to touch it afterwards, but he's like, Nope, I got a story. So he wrote the story called guardian devil. And in it, uh, it's, it's, it's about Catholicism and stuff, which is very, very tied into Daredevil. Uh, a, a nun brings a baby to, to Matt Murdock slash Daredevil and says, this is the antichrist. Uh, good luck. And then dies. And so, um, then Matt Murdock has to go, is this kid really the Antichrist? And if it is, then it's my duty as a good Catholic to kill it, but it's a baby and I don't want it. And it, it sort of led down this whole path of like people trying to kill the kid and people trying to save the kid and uh, Daredevil caught in the middle and not knowing what he should do. And then as as it goes along, you get about three-fourths of the way and it turns out the whole thing is just a scam by Mysterio. And it was one of the great reveals of all time because it, they they're doing stuff and they finally reveal the man in the shadows who's been pulling all the strings and it's Mysterio and you go oh what what because that's it's like Mysterio has almost never crossed the lines he's almost never gone and fought against any other heroes uh, he usually is just a Spider-Man villain and, and he had been 
not being used in a long time. It was a great, great thing. So I would highly recommend you can track that down. If you're not, if you're not a comic book reader, which I don't know why you would, wouldn't be, um, they also did a graphic audio, did a, an audio drama adaptation of it that you can get, which is, uh, it's decent. I would say it's fantastic, but it's, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, he, he and then at the end of it, uh, well, I won't spoil the end of it, but it's a very, very good Mysterio story, uh, even though you don't. That sounds amazing. It is. It's it's a really really solid story, and and it and it was a huge success too. It was like a a major major Marvel milestone. A great art in it too. I think Casada actually did a lot of the art for it too. Uh, so yeah, so that's so so Mysterio has, but he's been around. He's been a member of the Sinister Six almost every time that that group has has reformed, and, and that's I know Sony is hot to do Sinister Six, so they were for a while, uh, and hopefully we're getting close to that because now three of the Sinister Six have been mentioned or have appeared in these in these current Spider-Man movies. So we're we're almost there. We're halfway. Uh, but let's yeah. but, but that's enough comic book stuff. Let's get into the actual movie. Well actually before we get into the movie part, uh, I just read an article today that got me really thinking because this movie is a con job. All the way through, we're led to believe one thing and it turns out to be something else. And then even when we think all the secrets have been revealed, there's another reveal coming that changes everything you've seen before and makes you have to go back and it, which is why the second viewing is always good. But that con job didn't start when the movie started. It started when the marketing started. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's one of the things that I find amazing is like I don't like being lied to in marketing. Uh, but the way they pull this off was really masterful of of having Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Holland on the circuit together, buddy buddy, making jokes and cracking each other up, and and just be like you're you're gonna like oh okay, I guess Mysterio really is just a regular. Oh guy. no, they've like, become they've become legit bros oh, yeah. in real life, and and they're 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 delightful together. Yes, <laughs> but yes, but just putting them together and having them out changes the sort of subconscious dynamic of the whole thing because Michael Keaton and, and Tom Holland didn't go out together. Right. right you know, right, Daniel right. Bruhl and uh, uh, Chris Evans didn't go on a stumping together, but putting the two of them on a couch next to each other, all this stuff makes us like, Oh look, they're friends. Hmm. <laughs> so you have that well, in your thought because, Oh, maybe he is just an alternate reality. Mysterio. Cause you know, all our comic book fans, we know Mysterio is not to be trusted. And all that stuff, but, I think uh, Marvel did a good job of I'll, – I'll give two compliments. Marvel did a great job of making us believe that was actually what they were doing. And the comic book fans were kind enough to be like, let's see how this plays out. Well, even to the point where Marvel pulls another Dr. Trailer situation. Mm-hmm. There are moments There are moments that are shown in the trailer. Well, actually, there are whole parts in the trailer that, we, as we discussed, yeah. were never in That's the right. movie. <laughs> and, and not just a few scenes, a lot of scenes – but on top of that, they've actually like I can think of I think two scenes with Nick Fury. What what you heard Nick Fury say in the trailer, he does not say in the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. They changed that too. You're, he's um, yeah, he's he's from Earth, just not ours in the right. trailer. And in the movie, he says not yours, which is yes. a haha hint. hint yeah, nudge, nudge. I, yeah, a lot of those right? things I really want to go back and see almost a third time because to pick up that stuff. Like one of the things I didn't get is that um, Maria Hill in all the previous things never calls Nick Fury. Nick and the her first line in this she calls him Nick and that should have been the first ding clue okay so wait so that should have been the first clue okay so you're hitting on something which I guess we'll save until the end mm-hmm. but I think that I think Maria Hill is perhaps the most interesting um plot twist potentially for the entire MCU oh interesting 
Okay. Well, I'll we'll save that till the end. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, we so that's we start out obviously with uh, with uh, Nick and Maria in Mexico investigating a site, and I thought it was interesting when I watched it the second time that they're still like in character when there's no one around. Not, oh, yeah, not, not in terms funny. of shape shifting, but they're still no. calling each other by the names. That's like the Nick thing. Exactly. It, it didn't occur to me, but I was like, why is she calling him Nick when she knows it's Talos? You know, but right. But now I now I get that that was actually a clue for us too. Uh, and then the the creature attacks and Mysterio shows up, and then smash cut, and then we're off to to see what's going on in Peter Parker's well, world. Well, no, we're not. We're not just smash cut. It's and oh, I, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. The memorial. <laughs> And it goes, and it's like because all the freaking logos, everybody, all the companies have to have their 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 stuff put in front of it. It's like, wow, we're we're hearing a lot of Whitney Houston. Like this is really going on. We are getting a significant <laughs> a significant piece of "I Will Always Love You." So, yeah, this was, and it was so song. great. You know what the best is, and like it happens. And like I think, I mean, again, the opening of this movie. You know, after seeing it again, I'm in the let's. I'm not going to even hide it. My favorite Spider Man movie by far, just period. Um, and I love, the- oh, you're saying, or you're saying right now, you're saying far from home is your favorite Spider-Man movie. Absolutely. No, because right at the very beginning, and I didn't think this the first time I saw it, but definitely the second time and the third time for sure. It's such a joy. Like you're sitting there and you're like, okay, wow, what's going on. Right. And then the when Houston music starts and you're like, what, what is this? <laughs> and then when it gets to the in memoriam in comic sans and you uh-huh. go, Oh, shit. Uh- <laughs> And then, Wait a minute. And I also like the fact that they didn't have really nice images. No. So like you start off from some pretty good Tony Stark ones. And then by the time you get to the vision, it's clearly just cut and pasted out of like and a then, new and article. Getting images, getting images watermarked that at the end. Brilliant. Like, it was absolutely brilliant. But okay, so so obviously, we, you know, we go into this, this montage from the school. Okay, so obviously here's the big thing we got to discuss. So Cap is dead. Yes, he is to the world. They they have said that Cap is dead, so he was listed among the fallen. So here is my question, and okay, spoiler: we uh-huh. see cuts throughout the entire movie of Tony Stark memorials throughout the world. Yes, where are the Cap memorials? Ah, that's a good question. Maybe that will be. Uh, hopefully, that will be discussed in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, right. Because, because, but, because you needed to have the Tony Stark as as the the conspicuous by his absence. You need no, to have him as a, as a speculator. And you know, and I know this is probably Marvel legal has taken care of this stuff. But like, kudos to Robert Downey Jr. for letting them do all that stuff. Because I, with actors' rights, they really have to get approval. Oh, right. You know, so like every time his face was on there, even with art, had to sign off on it. So you know, that, well, okay, that was but, a classy thing. It could have know, been just the the, the face shield. But it was now wait. He he could have said no, of course, but when when you're when you're cashing a hundred million dollar check <laughs> from your end game residuals, I don't think that was gonna be his move. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, but no, so but wait, but this is like, and I don't want to spend I don't want obviously spend too much time on this. Sure. Okay, but interesting. Yeah. I think it is very, very interesting that they chose to put Cap in the montage mm-hmm. because you could have left him out and we, none of us would have batted an eyelash. No. Yeah, but that, but yeah, I guess that was a that's a plot point for a further thing of like the world exactly. believes that Captain America is dead. So yeah, no, it was good. Now here's the other thing. Okay, so again, this is another thing. What I love about this movie is so they go into the warning announcements from Betty and the uh, I forget the other guy's name, and in three minutes they bring you entirely up to speed, answer several burning questions since the end of Infinity War, and put to rest a lot of a lot of confusion. Yes. 
Absolutely. I it, it's still I, I was going to I'll say one uh I feel vindicated because here it is. Here's the tap dance. Just like I said, this is the hand-waving tap dance of like, let's get over all the socio-political, emotional upheaval, uh, overpopulation problems we're going to have with this thing and just get to the story. Well, eh, exactly okay. right. Well, but I will give them points. They did it in a very, very good way. Like they, they found a way to – they found the white, the brighter side <laughs> of – mass genocide and and then the marching yeah. band the, the marching band's video is yeah that, that, I mean, exactly just, they found a way to do it as opposed to probably all the i mean i i believe the meta text is that when the hulk brought everybody back he brought them back safely so i right. I, I believe that that's sort of like i don't know if it was really discussed or just something that the fans had sort of put it forth as his theory but he would not bring it back in the midair from a plane that they had snapped off I was just going to say yeah. that. Exactly. Like the, and, the, and, you know, and obviously, if you want to get super nerdy about it, um, the Earth uh, would not actually be in the same place that it was. So they would be in space. Oh, right. oh but of course. That Infinity Stone, Space Stone, it can put them back in the... Yeah. They, figure they figure it out. out. It's, actually, it's, it's the Hulk. Good. I mean, it's Bruce Banner can figure this stuff out, you know? Yeah, so I think that was part of like his, his you know... Uh, mental state he was putting in when he did his snap um so yeah. but yes it, it was it was extremely well done because i didn't find myself thinking about it the rest of the movie which i had been leading it so they, they you know even in calling it the blip they uh, found a way of like softening the blow of like a a massive <laughs> geopolitical upheaval situation that it would really cause somebody has to be writing a novel about that right somebody out there like, right. Okay. Oh yeah. Come on, Marvel. Well, somebody definitely made a doc. doc somebody definitely made a documentary about it, which we'll talk <laughs> about in about three. Oh minutes. yes, that's true. That's there's if if uh, the the one thing I really want to freeze frame <laughs> is that when he was on the plane. But um, those those things we'll in there, that. I really want to yeah. know what the ones are. So all right. So then uh, yeah, the blip is is we get to see that uh, things have moved forward, but some people are, are still behind and. Um, People have to be relocated because of this. Uh, and then also younger people are now the same age. And my like, oh, younger brother's older than me. What's that about? And, uh, well, I get some good, some good Betty stuff, which we didn't know was leading into Betty becoming an actual regular character, like in the thing, as opposed to just a one or two scene like she was in Homecoming. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we very quickly started to catch up to it. Um, uh, we the, the domestic stuff, we got uh, happy. So we get John Favreau. With, with a scene full of stuff, I love that he – well, you know, you got Aunt May. She's – that I thought was interesting. They kind of rolled over that quickly. She's giving a talk at a fundraiser for the homeless issue that was the result yeah. of the blip. Oh, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Which was interesting. Yeah, it's the, it's the people who had – she's – in fact, it, I didn't catch this until the third time is she's talking about when I came back, there I was – had to live – I had to live someplace where people were living and they didn't understand, but it was my place because I was gone for five years – you had all this, you had this homeless problem. So it would be very, I mean, honestly, it was really kind of well done. Um, and you know, there, I think a lot of people have pointed out um, when, when happy brings in the big check, you can clearly see pepper Potts signature on it, which is kind of cool. And then, um, and then there's the poster hidden. I love that in the back. That's referencing the wrestling match uh-huh. uh, from what, you know, from uh, for with buzz, uh, buzz saw what's the uh, macho crusher macho creel. From, yeah. Or, or, crusher yeah. Or, actually, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Bone saw. <laughs> so bone saw bone saw McGraw. That's yeah. right. Um, okay, so now here. Okay, one thing I did, I did, I did want to mention this. In a movie that is obviously incredibly well done, mm-hmm. there is a moment of I think, and I saw it three times, some of the most horrible CGI I've ever seen. 
Oh, the on his costume? When the high five. Their hands never touch. Oh, really? Oh my unless I'm seeing something. It bothered me the first time. The second time I was like, wait, am I really seeing that? And the third time, yeah. There you hear the noise, their hands never touch. Huh. And I don't know. I mean, who knows? You know, people just go, ah, whatever. They're, yeah, they, I'm not a fan. Be- I'm not a big fan of the the Iron Spider costume just because they make it, they, the special effects people do it like they do the Iron Man armor. Right. And, it's, and I get it, but at the same time, I really don't like it because I don't like seeing that much CG sort of stuff floating on Spider-Man. Now, it's still better I, than I Green Lantern. But it yeah. is better than Green Lantern, absolutely. And I know that most of the Spider-Man costume itself, like the regular um, sort of spandexy one, is also CG. I get that, and especially when it gets to the, to the black suit. But I really they, – they do such a good jo- better job of making the fabric look real than they do – having it the the armors or the shininess of it i don't yeah, know i mean no, it's, I totally maybe it's just a, a peter parker purist <laughs> peter parker purist so we the the crux of this of the emotional journey of peter in this is that he doesn't want to be spider-man anymore like he is basically burned out like after being gone for five years you know being essentially killed and then brought back five years later and going to space going back he's well, just he, and he's die tired well, and he certainly doesn't want to be the next Iron Man. No, yeah, and that's also the thing. Yeah, when the when the uh, the audience comes out and they're asking him that, he's like, "There's a gap to fill," and like, "Oh, you need to be the next Iron Man." Where he actually denies being an Avenger, uh-huh. and and actually, I think that's why they cut that scene that was in the trailer of him and the cops. Yeah, cause because you, you it, it's actually too heaviness. much attitude. Yeah, yeah, it's no, no, he's he's a lot more fragile than that in this one. So and, yeah, I agree. and speaking yep. of the alliteration, uh, they cut the Peter Parker here to pick up a passport. Uh, that I uh, oh, for what, uh, oh, in an interview with the director. He said that that was like basically exactly what you're saying. Like it was too light at the time where they needed him to be a little bit more angsty, I guess. Uh, there is there's going to be a uh, I'm gonna say DVD extra just because that's the generation I am. But you know, a iTunes extra, whatever you want to say, uh, a DVD extra of a, a montage of all the stuff he was doing to get ready for the trip. So it's all these little little. Funny little oh, bits. So yeah, it'll yeah. be the, the him with the police officers. Uh, it'll be him picking up his passport. It'll be all these little fun bits that they had. They had sh- even even cut and edited, but then in the last last round of edits, it had to go. Uh, but that so there'll be like a completed little uh, three four minute scene that we'll get to see when it comes out on video. That'll be all part of our uh, Disney Plus Plus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, so their their the big European trip is being is uh, is in the offing. So they're so he's so a couple of interesting things when they go back. He's mm-hmm. packing. Um, we see a ton of stuff. We see a suitcase with initials yep. on it. Not not his initials. Uh, not his. Uh, but I'm assuming this is the first. This is our first conf- confirmation there was an Uncle Ben. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing is they is. now. I, I, I this is what I, I need. To, I should have gone back because I had this question. Do we know that Uncle Ben is dead? No, not that I not that I know. Okay, because yeah. I, I, I'm trying to remember that if any time they didn't mention him at all in Homecoming, I know that for a fact. But I was trying Civil War. Does he say about his Uncle Ben? No, dying? she's been through what 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 May has been through. That's okay. all he references. Okay, that's what I thought. I mean, I, I, it's it was sort of one of those implied things, you know. But now, as they're getting trickier, I'm starting to wonder. Huh? I wonder if he's still out there, and they're just divorced, right? You know, or like he could show up in the next one and well, and then die and then die. But so the, the, right oh, now, Tony Stark is sort of fulfilling that function, though. Well, it, 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 exactly. No, I mean, like, there's actually I read a story somewhere where they're like Tony Stark is Uncle Ben. 
And, like if you haven't gotten it, he's right. the, he's the Uncle Ben character in this arc. Um, you know what I thought was really interesting is okay, we're just gonna fast forward here, right? Sure, sure. So it's clearly his uncle's suitcase. Yes, he takes it on the trip. Strip on the trip, it gets blown up. May couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, you thought that was gonna be a big plot point. Like, where's your where's your uncle's no, suitcase? It was all fact, I had left of him. They go out of the way. She's like, "Where's your suitcase? Oh, it got blown up." <laughs> <laughs> Which that's not that's not by accident. They they put that in there because she didn't need to say that line. Ah, uh, yeah. So there's there's something they're putting out there. But anyway, go, going back, the other thing I love in the in the apartment um, in his room, you get to see how the iron spider suit charges. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like it, it, I didn't realize it would be nano fiber like it would just yeah, yeah. Toaster. <laughs> well yeah but that it would be like a, a slurpy machine like it's it's swirling right. around like it's it's i guess that's how it recharges all the nanos all the nanobytes have to be charged like that i guess way. so yeah, yeah. Huh. no that was very very cool actually though i really i thought that was neat to sh- and especially to show that yeah he's got one on a hanger and then one in a <laughs> nano charging tube <laughs> thank yeah. you tony yeah, no, very nice, very nice. And also shout out, um, I think it's funny because we were talking about this in the credits. They mentioned this in the credits. I love the fact that he has a power of the force, Darth Vader's TIE fighter in his room on the show. Yes. I think that's awesome. Uh, he's already <laughs> said that he's a, a Star Wars fan, so. I love it. Yeah, I love it. That's, that's all. Yeah, because we were watching the credits, you know, waiting for the, the final post credit scene. Uh, and that came up, the, the you know, Star Wars licensing kind of stuff. And that's even my wife was going, why, why are they having to credit Star Wars? I'm like, Oh, the, the TIE fighter. Didn't you see the TIE fighter? Yep. And I think it was, it's Darth Vader's TIE fighter, right? Oh, that's yeah, so specifically. Yeah. Yes. And it's the one from like, and actually it's the one now, now amusingly enough, that one I think was released like 98, I want to say, or 99. Oh, really? So it, so it, it doesn't have the big back. Oh no, it had the big back. It was, it was the oh. redo one, the redo one that came in the, the green uh, boxes. Well, okay. Now this is okay. really, but yeah, right. This um, is, believe me, our audience are, are just as nerdy as us. However, so, yeah. just just so you know, is if someone does the math, Peter probably wasn't alive when that toy came. Out. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. So that, toy is, that toy is someone else's. Oh, I see. Okay, just so who, yeah. knows. who was it that took him to the Star Wars movies because it wasn't Aunt May? So just saying, there there's some seeds being planted. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's all. <laughs> so from here, it's it's it really becomes a teen movie. It's it's uh, Spider Man's European vacation. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's really Peter Parker's European vacation oh, yeah. because like there's right. no there's no superhero stuff at all for a good chunk of this movie. A good Old second act. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. I mean, it's it's all just um, you know. Oh, I, I want to have brought a headphone splitter. Say, I like Amp J, and does she like me? And I have this plan, and you know, then then I have the and the, the perfume and the allergies and the sitting next to them and the guy and the rival and yeah. Ned can never be your wingman on a transcontinental flight. <laughs> no. He screws everything up and also makes a girlfriend on the flight. He's so delightful and yet oh, so awesome. terrible at being the man in the chair. Like, it's so Dude. funny. It's just like every time that he, he has to come through in the clutch, he does not. And yet still, we still love him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, he's great. He's absolutely great. He's great. He's just, he's just, uh, terrible as a as a sidekick so we so we're coming to this part so um one of the scenes on the plane obviously among mm-hmm. a, a tons of great just great comedy again you're not thinking like one of the most enduring parts of a, of a spider-man movie is when they're on a plane across the atlantic ocean no and that's that's the thing that's great about this and 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 shout out to you know the the filmmakers because you never get like oh come on like put on the no. suit why is he punch anybody why is he web slinging you're like you're like oh man they're gonna sit oh no mj's gonna oh what's gonna 
had oh no we said the stuff in the bathroom was really funny and uh martin star like oh my god martin star was so great in this movie so okay so he's so he's looking uh, so peter obviously in the middle of the night on the plane is looking through movies on the in-flight entertainment yes system. yeah let's, let's let's get let's get super nerdy now you see it three times yes. okay so i know there's there's heart of iron which is the right. tony stark documentary there's an Eric Selvig one. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. A Nova lecture. <laughs> I did think that was really funny. Okay, does, I was like, it okay. Does the, it does two jobs. All right, I like that. Yeah. There's a one about Wakanda, right? Yes. And then that's that's all I could catch. Those are the three. That okay, I so there's two. There's two others. Okay. There's one about hunting hunting Hydra. Oh, okay. Which is but the, but the interesting. I think one the History is, Channel in the MCU is now all about Hydra instead of all about uh, World War II. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Oh, Nazis. Yeah, no more. No more World War Two. We're all about the, we're all about Hydra now. Um, the Hydra train and what they did. Here's what they ate. Right. Um, so on the very end, there is a. They actually there was a cover that looks like the Infinity Gauntlet, and it's called the Snap. Oh, okay. So, so, but now, interesting. What that what that is telling you is, or you know, again, probably reading too much into this. People know the story of what happened. People are aware of Thanos. They are aware of the big failure of Infinity War of like, hey, everyone tried and we screwed up. And then obviously the whole story of how everything got put back and put back into place. Wow. I'm I've seen now. I, I would like to see some of that because I'm curious what. Well, first of all, who was it that put that out? Like, was it was right. it whatever's left of S.H.I.E.L.D. or or like and, and then what details did they change? Like how much like. How did that information get out to the public? Like that would that would be fascinating to me. Just even just like a a small news clip of someone explaining what like like okay, everybody sit down for a sec. <laughs> well, because there's no way. Because here's the deal: when you're doing a when you're doing these movies, there's no way they just gave a graphic designer and said, "Here, knock yourself out." <laughs> there's a specific plan. For every single one of those that they showed in that, oh, scene, you think in that so? Clip. Yeah. Well, I thought I, I, oh, at least one or two, and the other ones are just like, oh, just do something, and then no, because because okay, I mean, and we haven't really, we have we haven't. I mean, this is something I think you can find. All, you find a lot of great YouTube videos and other groups that have talked about this. Um, the license plates throughout this entire movie are hidden with coded information. Oh, really? Oh, specifically for um. In fact, when if the first scene when they come into Mexico, that is the the license plate references the issue of Spider Man, the comic book. Where um uh it's not Sandman who's the who's the monster that shows up there, um maybe the Sandman. In where in in, in, in Mexico yeah in Mexico the, yeah think, every single every single one of the every even on the boats they reference at that moment the issues that where those where the where those elementals showed up. Uh, I love it. I love so that it's stuff. I mean this movie is hidden. That's why I'm saying there's no way. Someone just said, "Well, oh, just throw a couple of video titles together. No one's going to care." No, that's not how these movies are made. <laughs> So okay, so it's Earth, Air, Fire, and Water, and we don't we don't get to see Air, right? Correct. Because like because Earth is Sandman. Earth is Sandman. Um, yeah, I mean like I, that. That's, I mean like basically those are like sort of their code names, which I, I which we talked about before in one of the the other episodes. But I I love the fact that they like sort of codenamed them after actual Spider-Man villains. So Sandman, Molten Man, um, Hydro Man are all real Spider-Man villains, all with their own. Yeah, things, but they just sort of codenamed these elementals. That right. so mysterious story is that the element elemental attacked that city in Mexico, and he defeated it by himself. Off in, fr- in front in front of 
well, uh, Nick and of uh, no, I don't think so. That's uh, that's that's what oh. I'm saying. So I think that Air One, which I don't think corresponds to a Swearing Villain, which I, I could be wrong. That happened, and that was the storm with a face that they talked about. Oh, that's and right. Then that's right. That's right. Nick, it, well, uh, we'll say you know, Nick. assume the the air quotes when I say Nick and Maria show up, and that's when Sandman attacks the same place. And so they get to see Mysterio fighting. So he had already, quote unquote, defeated the air elemental right. off camera. So right, they had never right. seen. And then he defeats Sandman in front of them. And that's when they bring him into the fold. Right. Because there's well, then he, then two more Hydro-Man. out there. And Hydro-Man, yeah, that's when it happens in, in Venice. Right. Yeah. So the so the yeah the gang gets to Venice and uh, Ned is in love. Oh, <laughs> I just love that's such right. a perfect Thanks. teen movie thing of like oh no we fell in love, we we fell in love on the plane right over and now we're boyfriend and girlfriend. What? What? Can you come over here, babe? Babe, I'll get your I'll get your luggage, babe. I grew a lot on that flight, Peter. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a man now. A very strong-willed woman. <laughs> Good God. Good. It's adorable. Seriously. Oh, no, it's great. It is. It's really funny. Um, so, yeah, this is this is where uh, I, I love the, the, the con job of the movie. So this is where it takes place because almost every logical problem or inconsistency or annoyance with this can be explained by the post-credit stuff, by the end, the end thing of it. Okay, so – Peter goes to, to Venice and he's, he's having a good time. And all of a sudden, a monster attacked. What are the odds that a monster thing right. would attack right where it is? Well, <laughs> the reason it attacks Venice is because he's there. Like, that's what I love about this. It wasn't just like, eh, it's a superhero movie. This is what happens. No, Mysterio specifically picked Venice because he knew that's where Peter's group would be going. And he specifically picked that area where Peter was. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, there's there's so many of these these conventions and tropes that we've just come to accept from superhero movies and from Marvel movies that are actually like they're they're playing us because we just will go, oh yeah, okay, sure. Well, in this one specifically, though, you really get you really get a whole better idea of the plot when you see it a second time. Yes, absolutely. Because it really is. I mean, no, and because we'll talk about it with everything else, and you're listening, you already know, but it's. It, no, it 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 definitely is a complete switcheroo, and and like you said, I mean the the movie's all about deception. Yeah. They they did no, it's yeah. Even 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 the stuff with Peter putting on the mask, putting on the uh-huh. the, the Venetian yeah. mask. I mean, you know, and just the whole idea that here, like people, I can't wear the Spidey suit, you know, which is a continuing plot point because well, and people will immediately realize, um, dude, you were in DC uh-huh. and it happened, and this is you know this is now on the other side of the earth. You the, you can't do this. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's this is really yeah. well done. I, yeah. I love it. I, uh, so yeah, so then he, they they have their first meeting. Spider Man meets Mysterio for the first time. Who's not does not go by Mysterio, which I thought was interesting that he did not have a superhero name for himself. So then after the the Hydro Man fight, which is I thought was interesting that Peter was wildly ineffective in. I mean, like he is like, oh wow, I am out of my weight class here. Well, he has, and he has that first moment where he. Where, I love that he's got the little like, and again, very Tony Starkish in the in the member Civil War where he has the fight um, where he's got the little bracelet for the for his Iron Man repulsor oh, yeah. mm-hmm. with Winter Soldier, and Peter has sort of the same kind of cool thing to just have his web shooters, and immediately he puts them on, and he's like, he's like, oh well, yeah, my webs are going to go right through this. this <laughs> it just looks right at the water, and it goes right through, and of yeah. course, we know not only does it go right through because it's water, but it also goes through because it's not really there. It's an illusion, right? So, um, uh, oh, this was this this was something that came up that that um, that my wife was confused about at the end that I want to put out there just uh, for anybody else. 
uh, she was saying, okay, I get it. Like, I understand they're holograms and they're drones and they have guns and stuff too. But like, we see them knocking down buildings. Like, how can you do that with bullets? And I said, oh, well, there's, there's, there's three different kinds of drones, at least that we know of. There's shooty drones, there's projector drones, and there are um, force blast Drones. Sonic blast. Sonic, yeah, drones. I guess they're sonic. I guess they're sonic. Yeah, but basically just like a like a pure boom force thing. So those are what like when when they go to knock down like the arm of Hydro Man going through the building. It's those drones flying up there okay, and so boom wait, hitting it. Wait, did you did you read the article about where that where that came from? I did not. They they okay. The 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 reason why I said the sonic drones. They uh-huh. specifically they the, even the people who said it. The, the people who who made the movie. They pulled those from the Incredible Hulk. Oh, there's the yeah. scene where he is where the Hulk and the and the on RVs, the, the, the Humvees. Yes, yeah. no, that's exactly the. It's the same effect. It's the same uh-huh. technology in in the universe. The, I should say. Oh, MCU, you've yes. done it again, right? I mean, no, that's. that's I think great. that was brilliant. No, that's that brilliant. makes me happy. No, so Even what's that, happening is that deserves a no prize. Exactly. No, I think I think what is a little bit lost is. These drones are not just creating an illusion; they are actually creating destruction. Yes, they are. They yes. are. It is. It is a. It is not just an illusion. It is a an illusion with collateral damage. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the destruction they're doing is real. Right. Like usually, when Mysterio now, Mysterio can't fly at all. Right. Oh no, like, he's, he's that's an illusion. Right. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I want yeah. to just, just confirm that. Like he, there is no. He's not using any Stark repulsor technology to no, fly. He's, he he's never, he's never flies. Somewhere, somewhere close by, using the using the uh, ironically the same 3D capture suits they actually <laughs> use to make the movie. Uh huh. Yeah, I love that fact that he's walking around in the suit yeah. that he also had to wear for that. That's great. And the reason. Why, and the reason. If, why, if I was a cosplayer, and sometimes I wish I were, that is the costume I would go in. I would go oh, in the Mysterio backstage, the great card with the triangles with the dome, the big fishbowl, yeah. and you got the two drones off your shoulders. Yep. yep, exactly. No, so I mean, no, I mean, this whole sequence where he's trying to help is, I mean, it's great. I did think that him getting his bell rung, haha, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> such a great bit of physical comedy. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it was a little... it's, it's the rule of three too, so it's not just like when he does it once. It's like no, <laughs> it's again no. and then again. No, but it, but I'll tell you what, it was it's it's great. Um, it it kind of sets up the whole again the illusion that oh you know Mysterio hangs around for everyone to give him his his applause. Mm-hmm. You're already getting the seeds of you. You can kind of see where this is going. It really, it really gets interesting though when when uh, Nick shows up, picks him up, and takes him then to the lair, and they're talking. Yeah, because um, like I said, you have the you have Nick's you have the Nick the so, supposed Nick slip up with no, he's not from your world. Uh-huh. Which you know, again, my God, hilarious that that <laughs> when you understand the ramifications of that. That's right. Um, and the whole and the whole the whole sleight of hand with the uh, Earth six one six and the multiverse. No, it's it's very very funny. I've. Uh, kudos to them. Yeah, I was very excited because it, it wasn't like he, as much. He compels it. He he puts get an interesting story. And so for a while there, like even I think if you go back in the podcast, we were talking about the fact that what if he is both from another Earth and lying? Right. You know, we kind of thought like, oh, okay, they're doing multiverse. He is from another reality, but no one knows him as a villain on this one, so he's going to come through like, oh no, I'm I'm a hero, and, and then turns out no, he's actually a villain, but. It, it's even better when it's revealed. Oh no, that that is amazing. But for right, but for right now, there is no official multiverse. No. At, this, at, this, at this point, there is no multiverse in the MCU. There could be in the future, uh, but yeah. But I thought it was nice to actually say Earth One Six One Six. Okay, Six One Six is 
Uh, let, me, let me talk about that just Fine. for just for a, a, a minor thing. Yes. Well, yes. It's it's the comic book universe was always known as Earth Six One Six. So every time that there was a, another like a video game or anything, they would essentially supposedly on another Earth. So like that's where the original comic book was Six One Six, and that comes. So where did the term Earth Six One Six come from? It came from the great bearded wonder Alan Moore. Yes, Alan Moore was writing Excal, and he did not do it as. I'm Alan Moore. This is what the Marvel Universe is. He just threw it as a throwaway gag. And like most of the things, anything Alan Moore says, everybody just goes, oh, yes, Alan Moore. Yes, of course. Lord, hi, Alan Moore, of course. Don't cast a spell on me, Alan Moore. Uh, uh, so he was writing Excalibur at the time. Excalibur had her Captain and uh, and Megan and all the rest of them, the great, great stories, uh, traveled to multiple realities, and they found out that their reality was Earth-616, and there are multiple other ones along the way. And so they traveled to other realities and stuff too. And he just did it as a eh, – now, could there be some sort of mystical numerology meaning for 616? Probably. He probably has a specific reason why it was 616. But he put it out there. And because he's Alan Moore, it's stuck. And so it's been that way. Now, Marvel for a long time really were grumpy about this and hated that that designation and stuff too. Uh, but eventually the fans won out and it just has stuck. And now here it is in the MCU putting it out there, but we know that he's lying, but it was a nice way of having a really good lie because all the hardcore Marvel fans were like, Oh, he said six, one, six. Oh, legit. like we never questioned it. Like, of course it's multiverse. Of course it's six, one, six. They had me. When they, there, there's, there's <laughs> some really good stuff. Okay. So now we need to talk about the great, Great Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my God. I like, like as much as I loved Michael Keaton as the vulture. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio is perfect casting. Like for the story they wanted to do. I cannot think of a person right now who could do what he did. Okay. You might think like, Oh wow. Do I, do I really know this guy? Yes. Because if Mm. you want to see a fantastic movie, you need to see October Sky. It's, mm-hmm. it's his, I think, one of his first roles, or at least one of his main roles that he is known from. It is a movie about about the Rocket Boys. It's a, it's a true, based on a true story. It is a phenomenal period piece. It is moving and emotional. Chris Cooper's in it. It's fantastic. So one, I've been a fan of his for a long, long time. Um, two, when he puts on the Edith glasses, yeah, he yeah. looks awesome. <laughs> Uh-huh. I was like, dude, you are a man. <laughs> he's just, oh, he is of fantastic in this. Yeah, he's I mean, perfect. We're gushing. I because mean, because he, he's, he's, just, the, he's perfect. People underestimate the, the work you have to do to do this because you have to play a person playing a role, and that is extremely difficult to do. So he, there is a Quentin Beck, like a regular guy, and he is playing the character of the heroic Quentin Beck, the perfect mentor figure, the, the the next Tony Stark, that guy. But then you also get to see what he's like behind the scenes with the people he works with and also when he fully loses it and goes full-on supervillain. There are so many different things he has to play and also be lying in all well, of and, them. No, and to see the transition from cool guy to, to yeah. goofy villain yeah. – to, I'm legitimately scared. This guy's a psycho. Because he has to, and because of the nature of of the the beast, he has to be a charismatic leader and not a full on psychopath. 
he can't be because you can't go from um, this is the persona I was showing to Peter Parker to a Doctor Doom. Like he, because he has to work these people he, uh, he's working with. Right. So like they're part of a team. They, he can't show a full crazy or else it'd be like, okay, maybe we should not give him access to flying murder guns, you know? But yeah, the, but he's right. like in, he's so good no. that he had me convinced. Like I, I, I was like, I was like, wow, I really like him. Like yes. he's, he's so nice and down to earth and like he's saying all the right things little do we know he's intentionally saying all the right things that you would expect from a character in this situation to do he is the most self-aware mcu character ever because he know he's a guy who's seen every mcu movie my inside and out and knows exactly what part he needs to play in. oh it. no my favorite my favorite my, i think one of my favorite moments of his is when they first have the first meeting um, Peter's up on the ledge and he flies up and he's like, Hey, uh, Nick asked me to check on you. And Peter's like, really? And he's like, do they not have sarcasm on this earth? <laughs> yeah. But he knows he, he like has the full dossier on, on Peter Parker from the Stark archives, probably. Uh, and just knows how to play it to, to do that way. Cause yeah, cause no, that's I the thing. It. He's it's charming. Just... He's funny. You know, it, it's, and, and, and like, uh, one of my favorite moments is, uh, the second time they meet up and they say like, oh, you know, uh, I'll be in the bell tower along with Quentin. My name is Mysterio. And like they turn to him and he just and he just gives Peter a look like, huh? <laughs> I, I, right, yeah. <laughs> like, look like it's like a little shared joke between the two of them. And it makes right? Peter laugh. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's cool. <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be fun when he reprises this role in a future movie. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, That's, <laughs> fingers crossed. And I, and I, and I, and I got to say, and, and also I love him on the press oh, tour. Yeah. He's delightful because he's very he's he's really weird. He's got a weird sense of humor, and I love it. When you show up, when he when he if he convinced Tom Holland to show up and dressed as the guys from the Night at the Roxbury, you don't get. <laughs> I mean, really, because because Tom Holland doesn't know what that is. That, that was not you Tom know, Holland's I, I, idea. <laughs> now, now Jake Gyllenhaal is is. Um, uh, like he's a legit actor. Like he's done Nightcrawler. Yeah. He's done all this stuff. Like he's he is he's got his bona fides, but. I kind of think of him like this for us in the same way as Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Where it's like, I was always positively disposed towards him. I recognized his talent, but until this point, now is when I fell in love with him. When he put on the suit, that's when I fell in love with Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, same way when Ryan Reynolds, I like, I've been a fan of Ryan Reynolds since the two guys are growing a pizza place. But when he became Deadpool, it was like a whole nother thing. And this is the same thing here. Like, I don't know if that's just, if that's just the geek thing. Like, hey, you've stepped into my world now. A seg- okay, just oh, wait, wait. A brief segue moment. When I saw it the third time, you know what sure. I thought of? And this was, and what? okay, this is just a moment. This is a segue. I, I thought of this just because they just recently announced Paul Rudd is in the next Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal would be amazing as a Ghostbuster. He would. Like, I, I know they're going in a totally different direction. How, oh, however, yeah. Yeah. had, had they not. <laughs> They were putting together that he would be great in the stance oh, sort of thing, sort of like the the crazy scientist, yes. like like super enthusiastic, like oh, total protonic yeah. inversion. Like you could see him being able to sell a line. And like then that. at that point, just go, go yeah, ahead and sign up Ryan Reynolds. Right. Sure. Get him in there too. Yeah. Right. Have him be the Venkman. Because the two of them are buddies already. Yes. That's the other thing. Like, those two did a did a, a movie together called Life, which I did not see. Uh, a sci-fi thing of like a oh, they find alien right. thing on a Spaceship which, which ironically a, was uh, was yeah, purported to be the prequel to Venom. Oh, 
would have been better if it had been if that had been the yeah. case. Uh, but the two of them working together in that, they became like buddies as well. So like, put the two of them in a movie together, guys. Come on, Hollywood, you're sleeping. So yes, we 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 have a we have an affection for 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 uh, for Mr. Jake, for Mr. Jill Hall, yeah. <laughs> and his and his performance in this movie. Yeah, all he right. Really uh... I mean, yeah. So let's, yeah, it's enough gushing. Let's, yeah, exactly. let's move on. It's the plot stuff. Okay, so um, where are we at? Uh, so, so they're we're just at, about ready to take a bus it. ride. Right. Oh, yeah, Edith. With Edith. We need to talk about Edith. Exactly right. All right. So, we so get the glasses. Yeah, so last legacy of Tony Stark. Edith, even dead. I'm sorry, even dead, I'm the hero. Which, which is such a, such a great Tony Stark to do. Um, An interesting idea that Tony would have, and of course, great that you saw this in Endgame, um, that he would have this amazingly fully automated, you know, it, it's got sort of the, um, it's got a, uh, a sort of a, a, a connection to the Veronica suit, the Hulkbuster suit, right? Where you saw how that worked, but how Tony has this geosynchronous battle station that is prepared to protect him at any, at any moment at his discretion. Hmm. Like, I thought that was pretty amazing because that's really what it is, right? I mean, his, those glasses give him access to this overwhelming system and I think that's what basically Happy describes it at to him is, um, or 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 Nick or Nick Fury does. Yeah. Um, you you basically have this entire your your own personal mechanized secret service. Yeah, that's true. That's really that's, that's kind of what it is. I, yeah. I think I think they focused on the drones because that was plot specific. But I think there's probably more stuff. Oh, there's oh absolutely yeah. I mean, I, I would be I would be surprised if he couldn't summon a suit of Iron Man armor. Maybe not to wear, exactly right. but like I'm, right. I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure there's a vault somewhere. So no, I think that just I, very interesting, very amazing to put, you know, put this entire subpoint, the subplot of the movie into the into a pair of glasses, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really amusing. The whole the whole issue with it not understanding his, you know, <laughs> vernacular and Brad almost getting killed and the way he saves, I mean, all of it was very funny. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a great moment there when he he finally has to. <laughs> Be the hero to stop the murder that he has to have happen. The, the slow mo of him jumping yeah. out of the bus, and yeah, that was great. It's just a, it's it's such. This is what I love about about these movies that I, I don't think the other ones got as much is they understand that Peter can be his own worst enemy. Oh yeah, the Parker luck is a real thing, and Peter makes bad choices that's the thing about that but you have to do it in a way that you makes you not hate him because he almost murdered a dude and yet still like oh peter well let's back up a scene too when olga tells you to take your clothes uh-huh. off you just you go for your pants first yeah i know right <laughs> dude what are you doing start with the shoes yeah i mean like it's just right no i mean it's, it's, totally yeah he's never been in the situation before yeah, that's true. Um, no, but I mean, like, no, it's it, it. This whole this whole thing, and again, what amazes me is okay, getting to another point of of how well this movie is done. In an, a bus trip, is an exciting, enthralling, character moving <laughs> plot device. Yep, yeah, and some and there's some uh, some of the other. We haven't talked much about Peter's classmates. But because they you know, obviously it's a Peter, it's a it's a Spider Man movie, and so you get a lot of Spider Man and a lot of Peter Parker, and then everybody else sort of like you know fights for space below it. But they did a nice job of just giving all of those characters little beats along the way, little yes. moments, yes. so that you get the idea that they're all having their own European adventure 
independent of everything everything else Peter is going on. So it's not like everybody's just waiting for Peter Parker to have stuff. Like there is there are things happening that we are really not seeing a whole lot of. And uh, the one I'm most interested in is Flash. Absolutely, yes. uh, like because we get to see some stuff. Like obviously, he gets he gets knocked out by Peter. That was pretty good too because he'd been such a jerk the whole time. He's become a huge Spider Man fan even after Spider Man stole his car or his dad's car uh, in the last movie. Uh, he's become the biggest Spider Man fan. Uh, still hates Peter, but you know what are you going to do? Uh, but he's basically being ghosted by his family. Yes. So, so you get to see a little bit in the in the text message that he goes up like. Um, like, how come no one is, uh, where, where are you guys? How come no one's answering me? And then we get to see at the end, uh, when he gets to get, when he's get picked up, he gets picked up by the driver because a mother and father couldn't be bothered to come and get him from the airport. Can I call it? Can I call it now? Sure. Uh, his, he's clearly from a family of means and of wealth. Uh huh. Absolutely. His, his father or mother, they may gender switch this, is perhaps a doctor. Oh, you think they're going that way? Yes, I th- I think he's I think the one of the parents is going to be uh, Doc Ock. Okay, hmm. okay. That's I don't or and if and if not and if not him, I have I have I have an idea too. But we'll get to the wild speculation okay. stuff at right, the end. Oh no, no, idea. there's oh no, yeah, we definitely got wild speculation. Oh, so anyway, yes, yes. But they they clearly did a, a great job with 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 furthering everyone's stories. Yes, and I think and I don't feel like. Uh, uh, everyone got short shrifted in this way because like everybody sort of has their moments and stuff too. And, and like they, they put the scenes together in such a way that there is a, a like a, a romantic comedy teen comedy happening at the same time. Sort of, and, and Peter just dips in and out of it. Exactly. Like them yeah. go like the, like we'll see them going to the opera, like all that stuff is yep. just great. I mean, that, that by itself without all the pyrotechnics would have been a, a really good movie. And, and as we get into all this, the other person I want to mention is um, not the okay. Of course, we're gushing about everybody because really, mm-hmm. it's really that good. Yeah, Zendaya. 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 Is oh wow! Fantastic. Yeah, and I really thought they were like softening her would make her a less interesting character than she was nope. in Homecoming. And nope, not at all. She is still just as prickly and brilliant and weird as she was in the other one, and just now has this other thing where she has these feelings and doesn't really know how to deal with it, but is doing her best. I I think it is one of the best examples of taking what looks to be a very hard edged character and adding vulnerabilities in a way that does not seem weakening. Yeah. I, I mean, really that's hard to do. They did it. And she did is one step ahead of Peter, the entire movie. Yes. It's, it's excellent. Yeah. It is, it'll it's, be sad. It'll be that. very sad when she dies. <laughs> no, no, no. MJ survived. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm guy. Oh, never mind. Did I okay. mention my middle name was Gwen? No. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's see. We got. To, okay. So we're in Prague. All right. So Nick Fury has hijacked their vacation, and they are now in Prague. Uh, and we have the big fight. Okay. So so obviously, I was. You know, I I, I think. Like I I got it. I I I figured out what the what the movie was doing about when they wanted me to. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know when you started calling it to, but it was during the fight when he hits something with his web, he hits something invisible. At that moment, I figured it out. Like, Oh, that's what's going on. Now I didn't get all of it, but I, 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 enough that I, I figured out what the arc of the whole thing was. And I'm, and I think that was probably intentional. Like I think, oh no, that was. I it. mean, obviously they, they put it in there so later on that, that they'll get it there. But I think that's when they wanted the people who were super paying attention to get it. 
before right. the no, no, before no, the monologue that's coming. Oh, is that when is that what happened for you too the first time? Oh yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I missed that moment in the first time I saw it. It was just kind of because because there's also the audio audible cue of him going what uh-huh. like you know like what just happened. Yeah. And then I was just caught up in the rest of it. And, um, but no, it's, it's, even I, when we were watching it, I leaned over to you at that moment and went, I got I, and, it. Well, no. And then, and then I realized, wow, it's very clear as day. I'm a idiot for, it was 10 30 in the morning. So <laughs> I was, okay, yeah, that was pretty obvious. Uh, but no, but you know what though? But I think that means that it's, it's well done in that some people will miss it and that's fine. It's, it's really actually okay either way, because it's still, it's still just as shocking when you find the big reveal. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah, great. That's so. Let's so I say there's obviously the the night monkey is brilliant. The, and like monkey. there's got to be somebody making a shirt of that now, and if not, then they're they're fools. We will. Come on, man. what what are we doing? Red bubble. <laughs> let's get step on that. up. Yeah, no, get somebody get on that. I want to wear that the next con. I want a night monkey shirt. Um. So uh, let's so let's get to it. So the the scene in the bar. So uh, let's get a drink. It, yeah, let's get a drink. Uh, everything seems to be fine. Like it, it, it's it's the the monster stuff is over. Like we've defeated them. Ooh, like you know, Mysterio was the great hero. He tried to sacrifice himself, but he survived somehow. Um, Nick says it's time for you to step up, Spider Man. Like we're we're, uh, we're we're you know I need you in Berlin and all stuff. And then and then but you got to decide what you really want. And let's go have a drink. And then it's such a brilliant scene because it's on on paper. It, it looks just like what it, it what it what Peter thinks it is, which is like, oh man, I just want to be a kid. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't. Like you're much better at it. You're smarter. You're older. You know what? It should be you. I should just step aside and go back to you know fighting the Bodega Bandit, who's a, an actual Spider-Man villain. There's I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's the score, but like there's there are clues in that scene for the audience to know this is a bad idea, and I have not figured out what they are yet. You've seen it three times. Like in this scene, we know what Peter's doing is a bad idea. Well, it's it's well, here's there's it nothing is. in the movie that tells us that it is a no. bad idea, and yet we know it's the whole it's the whole situation. Um, a guy dressed in a Green Goblin mesh, if Green Goblin and Iron Man had a child, <laughs> is dressed in a suit, sitting at a bar, drinking a drink with a kid who's drinking lemonade. <laughs> and everyone in the bar is just going about their business. Like, oh, well, what do you got there? Mm-hmm. Right? Welcome That's, to Prague. No, it doesn't. Nothing, nothing about that scene jives. Your eyes are seeing it and you're going, no, this, this doesn't, even in Prague, no, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> so that's no and, and i think that's and, what they, i know i know there's i know it's built that way because like i picked up on it as a super film nerd uh my wife picked up on it as as a as a i'm honestly like a a, a aware moviegoer and my daughter picked up on it like she like at 11 even at, i mean she's seen all the mcu stuff so she's you know she's hip to the rhythms but like she's still 11 uh but she knew it was wrong like yeah. that something was wrong in this one too. I, and, and I, I like, and I know they're, they're doing something. I just, that, that's the scene I want to study <laughs> to find out how it is that they're telling you something without being overt about it because it's brilliant filmmaking. Oh yeah. No, I think, I think it's a lot. I, I think it's definitely the scene. The whole setup to that is just so random. So not playing out the way that you expect. And then, and then you're listening to every word like, well, and well, and plus here's the other thing he's still so lovable jake but hall it plays it so empathetically yeah he's he's feeling peter's pain and you know yeah i guess i'll take these glasses i mean are you sure 
yeah, I'll take him. And Peter walks out and he's, you can see, you can see the weight lifted off of Peter's shoulders as he walks out of that bar. Yeah. And, and no, and, and the moment he passes the, like at the first window uh-huh. and you start to see that it all is made up yep. and, and I know, and it, and then it just, and then it just goes downhill from there until the great, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, see, now this is the, I, one of my friends, uh, uh, I, I won't necessarily call her on the show, but she, uh, contacted afterwards to talk about the movie and she, did not like this scene. I mean, not, not to that part, but she's like, oh, the monologue. And it was like, okay, yeah, it is It is a long monologue. But because at that moment, all of us comic book fans, all of us Spider-Man fans were like, I knew it. Like, freaking Mysterio. But that, and that, was, that was one thing, like, like, oh, man. But then as he reveals all the stark connections that's when my, oh my brain God. exploded it was yes. like oh, they went back to iron man 1 like they, <laughs> they but the whole idea that they did like i when i said like when i remember i said the only thing when it was we were walking to the theater and i said okay i saw it this morning but i said here's all i'm going to tell you there's a moment in the movie this is what's going to happen in a span of about 75 seconds you're going to go oh which is the reveal that mr uh-huh. is the bad yep. guy and then you're going to have a what <laughs> when you realize he's the guy behind uh-huh. Mark. And then very quickly, you're going to have a second what <laughs> when it's the guy from the first Iron Man movie. And you're just like, that's it is. It is absolutely what I'm not going to say. It's one of the greatest reveals in the MCU, but it is the it is it is the most. In, I mean, it's two what uh-huh. reveals literally within 10 seconds. of each Now, other. one thing I, I read in ta- in an interview with the director um, was that they seeded those characters in the early parts of the movie. And I only noticed it once. There's a scene with the walking on Venice before the attack happens, where as they're, as like the kids are talking and they walk off, the guy who's the writer is standing there. He just sort of slowly walks into frame and is watching them. Oh, the, yeah. the, it's basically yeah. like, it's almost like in a movie that's really tightly edited. It's almost like the editor let it, go just a second too long before he cut. Right. Right. And, and, oh, no, and no, that was yeah. full on intentional. And I think if we go back in, you probably, those people are probably peppered through all of the Europe stuff entirely because they've been monitoring it all the way along so that when you see them, you, you're like, Oh, I didn't see that guy before. You absolutely did. Right. And at the end, and, and in the last sequence, in the, in the end of the third act, you're seeing those people everywhere too. The writer as well. He shows up a bunch yes. of places. Yes. Yes. Even after he gets yeah. off the bus, but, but yeah, yeah, the yeah. like having Mysterio be the you know like the, it was all a ruse of like all right, yeah, that's what I that's what I thought was going to happen. But tying it back into angry ex Stark Industries employees, and then showing all of them in the the history of the MCU was such a masterstroke. It was like oh, they really had done their homework. Oh my gosh. Well, and then it, and that's the point where you really realize when Kevin Feige said the Far From Home is the conclusion of Phase Three. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and when the and when the um, the Russo brothers were talking about the fact that the barf technology was put into Civil War for a very specific reason, this is that reason. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like you know, four three movies later, this is why it was there. This could be. Um, you could make you could make a case for this being really like Iron Man three point eight. <laughs> Like it really is, and 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 hilariously, to- Robert Downey Jr. is actually not physically in the movie. 
Yeah. But yet it's, but, but, but it's enough of yeah, his ghost is throughout it and it's, and yeah. it's incredibly well done. Yeah. Um, no, this is awesome. And the, the, you know, I mean, you get the whole idea. They obviously then over the next couple, this next towards the end of the second act, they really build up Quentin Beck as a maniacal psychopath. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. it's really and, 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 laid out. And genius. Like, yes. I mean, that, that you get to see that he is, and he, and that he's not megalomaniacal, but he's unaware of how crazy he is. Because this, because like that's the other thing that I really like about this is that it's not I'm trying to think of another uh, MCU villain that fills this role, but basically it's not. Oh, it's not Red Skull. Okay, it's not Red Skull and the Hydra agents. This is a this is a cabal. Like these people are all working together as one harmonious unit to do this stuff, as opposed to fearless leader and mindless minions. Well, and here's and here's the, here's the crazy here's the crazier thing. What makes him crazier is the actual belief that he can prevent he can he can contain all those people. Yeah, that that's that's I mean it's like you know like I, I, you really you can fake the moon landing really because you paid off four hundred thousand people <laughs> like no you can't I mean like the idea that you could do that yeah, I think probably even, in his even, plan is then and then I kill all of them. Well, that will that. I'm I, was, I was wondering how far that was going to yeah. show. Yes, and, he was going to kill. But everyone. at the end of the movie, we don't have any of the rounding up the usual suspects scenes, like the police breaking down the door, and because, like, as far as I know, all those people that helped him perpetrate, perpetrate this crime got away. Well, what it's about was specifically Peter Billings, but yeah, yeah, that guy especially. Yeah. But I think I don't think yeah. we saw any of them actually. Get nope. any kind of justice. So nope. the Mysterio crew, the support staff are still out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so no, like, you know, I mean, look at, they do a great job. We have, uh, I don't know if you got to the point, like MJ, um, she basically, you know, they have the moment where she knows he's Spider-Man. Yeah, the, they, such they get, a great scene where he comes back, like top of the world. And, you know, like, but now finds out the trip is ending and what are you going to do? And then there's that great thing of like, he doesn't even have to finish the sentence. She's right there with him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, they did. No, they did. They did. A, I mean, I mean, I, like, yes. No, she. Uh, I think that whole sequence is great. The sequence where I mean, okay, and then when you find out that she took the projector yep. that he had broken off, yeah. with the with his with his web. Right, she's just showing um, the webs. Like she wasn't didn't do it. But like, look, I found a thing. It was like this is these are spider webs, spider webs, and then not realizing, oh, she has the missing piece. Like all of that, it's just, it's just great. It, yeah, my only complaint about that is I wish that when it showed the thing it wasn't a future fight like why would that already ha- why would that be what it, it displayed when it fell but at the same time it made it clear as opposed to this recorded the fight it had to be something we hadn't seen before because if it just replayed elements of the fire thing it'd be like oh it was a it was a camera that recorded the fight Oh, so I get interesting point. Yes, it's. I mean, it's like you know, it's in. It's a. It's a minor nerdy quibble, you know. But it's sort of like it didn't make a whole lot of sense why the like, future stuff was doing there. But at the same time, all right, I get it. Well, they connected that it. though because you saw that he's practicing the future stuff, yes. so it could have just been right. that, the next thing we see that, that yeah. like, they had already probably been running that scenario. Right. So then we we okay, so we get into another another uh, deception and a deception. Peter breaks off from the group, goes to. Uh, this is where he goes to Berlin. Is that where he's? We're just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He 
Yeah, at the at the train station. Yeah, I, no, and, and I okay, and Berlin, I mean, like yeah. he takes yeah, he goes to Berlin and then gets off there, and then and then Nick Fury is, but I was like, as soon as Nick Fury pulled over the door, I'm like, oh, Peter, yeah, <laughs> I not. knew right away. I was like, no. Oh. However, though, this leads into what is what is arguably one of the most um, visually. Yep. mind-blowing sequences this is my favorite scene yeah. in this entire movie and a movie full of great scenes this is my favorite one because it is pure uncut hardcore mysterio i mean like this is exactly what he used to do in the comics and and animated stuff too all the time is you never knew where you were like you you know he made you think that you had been miniaturized or that you're a giant or that he was you know he had superpowers or whatever it was all those things there and there are so many homages to things he had done in the comics in there about like suddenly the hand comes out and grabs Peter or the, it, like his head turns into the snow globe. I mean, oh, the snow oh, globe was God, absolutely so beautiful. great. It's like, it's like, cause you know that he had been like working on this. Like he's like, okay, at some point I'm gonna have to do this. And so he had designed this entire thing. He's not doing that on the fly. Like, like they had, he had designed this nightmare scenario specifically. Should this have, have to happen? I just love the idea of, Quentin Beck staying up night going, all right, I got to have it. Then it's going to be a uh, building. It'll say Queens on it. Uh, and then there'll be lockers at like, you know, just like furiously programming all of this stuff. Like, Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> Plus if you had ever told me, and I, and I actually enjoyed this little mini series of comic books. If you had already told me we would have actually had a Marvel zombies reference <laughs> in yes. an MCU movie. <gasps> so I, I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. That's, yeah, so there is yeah. a there is a um, miniseries. I guess it, technically it's an alternate universe now because they've gone back to it so many times. Where basically, like the zombie plague hits the heroes, and so the heroes become zombies. And it's, it's you know, it's, Marvel zombies was a is a um, fan term. Like if you're a hardcore fan of Marvel, like in the in like seventies eighties, you were a Marvel zombie. And so they took that literally and made a miniseries called Marvel Zombies, where all the heroes became. And then, and then they still have their intelligence, but they're they're zombies. And then they're trying to convert everyone into zombies. So it, it was an ongoing series. I think it still even runs from time to time. Well, uh, let me just tell you something. Go go back to go back to the the span where basically just go back read it. It's like six or seven yep. issues. I think one of the there original yeah, series. It's got one of the best. It's got one of the best surprise endings <laughs> you will ever see. Absolutely read it. Yeah. It's awesome. Marvel, go to Marvel Unlimited, get a one month subscription, go see it. Yeah, but yeah, but that that the Iron Man who crawls out of his grave is a full on Marvel Zombies Iron Man. No question. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> I mean, seriously. And it, was, and it, um, even, it even looks no. like that. It even <laughs> I love it. It looks like he dies. Like it looks like Quentin gets shot and everything shuts down. And Peter's like, "Who?" I was like, "Oh, kid, like <laughs> you can't trust." Oh. <laughs> No, and then, and then he gets, he gets, and then hit, he gets by hit by a freaking bullet train. train. Oh my a god! <laughs> no, it's it. No, and then that whole sequence. I mean, he goes. What he ends up yep. in the Netherlands. The nicest um, people in the with world the, with those. Yeah. The, oh my god! Seriously, that was hilarious. The tulip. I mean, everything from the now. I you know people who are from the Netherlands are probably like, really, you deduced us down to these friendly people. The tulip fields. And oh yeah, windmill. exactly. Like, Thanks, yeah, we got everybody. three scenes. We're just like, gonna you know. The face you know, all your missing are wooden and, shoes. Yeah, right? Like, where are the wooden shoes? And then, right? Sure, there somewhere. Um, but, but it's great. And then we come up to which I think is my favorite scene in the movie, which it leads into Happy yep. showing up yep. with the plane. And, and, and Peter getting and smart have, and making sure that Happy could actually verify, which is a very funny little uh, yes. uh, uh, 
nod to uh, their time together in Civil War and the opening sequence of right. uh, Homecoming, actually. Yes. And it's and no, it's awesome. Yeah. He does a great job. He gets access to the lab at yep. the back of the plane, and that whole sequence is Yeah, there's awesome. a couple of uh, nice uh, homages in there. Uh, if you look quickly as he's cycling through, you get to see there's the uh, there, the three that I saw. Uh, there's the Agent Venom costume when, when Venom was a good guy. Uh, there is the uh, big time outfit, which is um, it was a stealth slash sonic repelling suit that Spider-Man uh, had created uh, to fight against when Hobgoblin had a um, sonic scream. Uh, and there was the suit that is in the current uh, PS4 Spider-Man game as he's cycling through. Those are the three. Oh, I, I'm yes. sure there's, there's probably more than that in there, but those are the three that I noticed as he was cycling through like the different options before he settled on the, the sort of black spider, almost, almost very similar to well, the actually, uh, superior Spider-Man outfit. Well, and actually, and I also love that audibly they play the Avengers theme that the Avengers theme totally kicks in. And I think they could, you could have thought, well, they wanted to use the Iron Man theme because there, there isn't Iron Man three has a different theme than Iron Man one and two. And as we've talked about the only real, the only real piece of music in the entire MCU that, everyone knows is the Avengers theme. So I think that was actually good that they, they used that to, to cue in that whole segment, but that whole thing, when he, everything from when he plays the music, God, you know, that's (laughs) ridiculous. Um, And it's not for anybody who doesn't know that. Uh, But, but the whole thing, when happy's watching him and he's doing the full Tony Stark in his element, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Absolutely. And, And that's saying a lot because we've already talked about so many other great things. This is the scene where, where Peter has almost come into full maturity. The rest of that will not happen until the post credit scene. That's true. But anyway. Yeah, and, we're, and, and we get to see that he's not going to be Tony Stark. But at the oh, same right, time, right. he's like, you know, he, he has a lot of the similarities too. So, I mean, I, I, I got that as you're going to be your own man, but you're going to build on what he started uh, and then, and then we get to the the final sort of confrontation. Thing. Like, it's there's so much that happens in this in, in the final fight scene. I don't even I don't even know how to how to approach it because <laughs> there's what I did love, such great uh, great moments in there. Well, you know everything from everything from MJ and Ned realizing they're in danger and them having to take action yep. and Flash tagging along. <laughs> flash. Yes, no, you you got that. You got you got the whole and the, you know that scene was played out in the in the trailers with Happy showing off the plane getting blown up. Um, Happy has that awesome moment with the, where he throws the uh-huh. shield and it goes about three feet. Uh, I love that. I mean, that's a uh, no. You, you got that. Um, you've got. Um, you, you know, one of the things that I thought was really funny is the scene where Spidey d- dives in. You know, he's got the conversation with Happy. He's on the plane. He says, "Hey, you know, we still got to talk about Aunt May," and he flies <laughs> off the plane. Yeah. It's just all this great stuff. But um, I thought, th- th- and I don't know why this struck me. The scene where he dives into the final elemental, the amalgamation of it's all. It's not of real. Them. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Okay, goes in. First of all, I had a you know you have a flashback to entering Wakanda, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of neat. But okay, that seemed to be right out of Into the Spider Verse movie. Oh, there was this. You know how this the third act in that in the animated movie. Yeah, there was this moment where I was like, "Whoa!" They, it's almost like they borrowed the feeling well, of that. I, I say that Sony. I mean, like it's, it's like they have uh, they have access to everything. They could so, absolutely do that as an homage. I, I loved. I just loved that. I th- thought that was all great. Um, obviously, you know the, the whole Quentin scene, and I and I still think this is funny. Um, 
with the the you know kind of we are kind of mission i mean there's so much going on it's yeah. almost impossible to go yeah. in each i love i mean i love there's the the beat of peter using science like he the, the drone gets downed and he figures out if i take the sign and throw this thing like he like he really sciences it uh, as opposed well, to just like pure brute, brute strength very peter well, and, and didn't you feel that was very much uh iron man three-ish Oh yeah, that's good. it's true. Tony having to improvise, salvaging and, what he had. Absolutely no. I mean, you you get the entire the entire young Tony Stark narrative here drawn out. I mean, it's it, I think it's really just I, again these guys are telling such great intricate stories that all interconnect. No mm-hmm. one's done it like this before. So you, you got that. He's using the Tower of London sign as as a shield. Um, but when he gets to the final um final confrontation, mm-hmm. I when he goes when he when he get, when he finally uses the Peter Tingle, you mm-hmm. all right. Which is now the like which that. is now the real, and I would guess this is the first time he has actually trusted the spider sense. Yes, this is the full maturation of that of that ability. Yeah, you know what I totally can't stop thinking of with that whole scene. What Vader in the corridor at the end of Rogue One? Oh, interesting. I was thinking Neo in the corridor at the end of the Matrix. I, okay, also good. Now a lot I like of, it. A lot I of like good corridor sequences. Well, no, and I and I love the Vader one because you know he's a spider. He's a Star Wars fan. Uh-huh. I just keep seeing like Vader just with the lightsaber and going to town, and he's going to town on the drones. I just I it's a phenomenal action sequence. Yeah. The only negative I would give is it is still uncertain to me what exactly happens where he grabs his hand okay. with the illusion. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I watched crazy. it twice and, and, and Denise had the same question. So like, so this is, this is what I figured, this is what I figured out. Okay. So, and I, and I agree that sequence where he trusts in the force, like he right. Right. Rise and like basically just wills himself to just follow his instincts. Pure is, is fantastic. It's such great Spider-Man stuff. Love it. Um, so, uh, so Peter's coming down the hall and he's doing that and and tearing it up. The illusions don't matter because he's not paying any attention to them at all. All but all the drones that are directly around Quentin are not firing, and so he asks Edith, "Why aren't they?" He's like, "Well, because you're in the strike zone, and so we're protecting you because we don't want to hit anything." And so he shuts down all the safeguards. So then all the drones open up and start firing, and basically he gets hit by stray bullets. There is a there is a, a scene where like or a, a shot in the movie where. The the drone is firing at Spider Man and fires and sh- and basically brrrp, a line of bullets goes across right. Quentin's chest. So that right. is not oh, that okay. really happened. Like that's not illusion because he's not performing for anyone at that point because Spidey is has his eyes closed. And he's doing his own thing. So Quentin is right. legitimately shot multiple times at that point and he right. and falls. Right. And that's the last we see him. And so then Spider Man continues that he fights all the rest of the drones and all this stuff. So then when he comes back. Like when Spider-Man comes out of that thing, like to confront him, Quentin has already created an illusion of himself on the ground, and he's actually leaning against the wall, holding a gun, waiting. So he's cloaked while he has an illusion of himself on the ground doing that. But as Spider-Man walks up there and is having conversation with the hologram, Spider-Man already knows it's not real, but he's playing along. Because of, of the Peter Tingle, he he's like it's 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 in full effect at this point. So Quentin has a gun at his head and Edith glasses on his face, and Peter knows right before he pulls the trigger that's when it that's when the spider sense the Peter Tingle goes out in full blast, and he reaches over without even looking and grabs the gun and, and you know like and pushes out of the way or whatever. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. No. No. That's good. So that, um, and that's that's from I, that thing. We, that's when he then collapses from his actual wounds. So can we? Uh, can I can I exercise my uh, my first of three crackpot theories? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I've got I've got one as, as well. So okay, so um, Quentin Beck is not dead. 
Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Klanberg is not. Um, I don't know why. No, but very specifically for two reasons. Yes. One is visual, and I don't know if I've misseen this all three times, but okay. I've seen it all three times. When he dies, mm-hmm. the light and everything is on his right side of his face. You clearly see his right eye. His left eye does not look like the right eye. Oh, interesting. His left eye does not appear to be human. Oh. So I believe he is a robot. And here is my okay. second reason. Okay. When Peter says, is this real? Mm-hmm. The answer is there are no more illusions. Yes. He's a robot who he just witnessed dying. Okay. And my third reason why, well, there's a third reason. When you see the clip that we will talk about in the in the, in the first post-credit sequence, uh-huh. that appears to be recorded from his eye. Oh, I believe, okay. I, I believe... That Peter Billingsley's character, when he downloads the footage, uh-huh. he is downloading the footage from the robot. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, he's not dead. I had I had not I had not thought that far ahead in terms of robots. No, I 100 do not believe he's dead either. And so that that my thing is that it, it's basically just old school deception. So like when absolutely, he gets to that point and he falls and he dies, because that's the thing is how do we know he's dead? Because Peter asks the Edith and she says. The illusion. There is no more illusions. Exactly. She doesn't say he's dead. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's no way that is by chance. Right. And, and also, yes. also, if that's the case, like, let's just even take that statement. There are no more illusions. So she's saying that. So Edith is saying there are no more illusions. So the AI, which was recently under the control and rewritten by Mysterio, is the one saying there are no more illusions. And oh, do you trust that? Right, right. So that's why right. I think I 100% do not think he is dead. I think it was, no. it was one more illusion. No, totally agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. So he, uh, so pretty much the, there's not much left of the movie, right? There's, no, uh, uh, I think that's pretty, yeah, pretty much wraps home. up. No, oh, wait. They head, they, <laughs> no, wait. They head home. There's, there's He's got, okay. two more giant so, shoes are still up there. That job. And that's the thing. So, so, okay, so this is, this, I said this to you in the theater too, but this is, this is where, if you're just a, a regular moviegoer, you're like, oh, I mean, obviously the, they have their their kiss on the London Bridge and that and fantastic, and so they're back in New York and, and all that stuff. And so for the regular movie going fan, for the for the regular even just Marvel fan, oh, good, villains defeated, everything is fine. Like we're gonna have our happy ending, and maybe we'll see a little scene from Black Widow at the end of the the movie or whatever. Okay, here we go. But if you're a Peter Parker fan, if you're a Spider-Man fan, if you've been reading him for any number of years, you know something bad is coming because things are too good and the Parker luck is about to strike. And so even when the movie ended and you said – because you had already seen what the post-credit was. uh, You said what's going to happen. I'm like – because I had this feeling of dread through the last like 10 minutes because I was like, oh, something bad is coming. <laughs> like, because the, there's no way Peter Parker's life ends with everything nice and happy and like, oh, I got the girl and I'm now I'm Spider-Man and everyone loves me and everything's fine. I was like, oh, it's going to hurt. Whatever this is, it's going to hurt. <laughs> and I figured they were going to go one of two ways. And <laughs> little did I know they were going to go went both. <laughs> <laughs> they went both ways. So, okay. So wait, before we get, so before we get to this yeah. though, interesting, a little, one of the many, again, many hidden things mm-hmm. in this, um, three things right before we go into the actual credits. And then for the, for the first post credit scene, he yeah. is flying through a building. He is flying through Avengers tower. Oh, is that what that was? That is Avengers tower that now has a hole in the middle of it with a, with a sky garden. Uh-huh. 
and and so that's been confirmed. I've read that several places. Okay. That's Avengers Tower. Right. Interesting. Two, there is a sign. There is construction, and he kind of oh, like yes. a, a, I heard about. Okay, this. there's const- the construction, and it's clear as day. It shows a one. We're moving forward. Two. We're moving forward. Three. We're moving forward, and then a big question mark in the fourth bubble. Uh huh. And I think the that fourth is I mean, one bubble. Mm-hmm. The fourth phase. I mean, awesome, yeah. right? Yep. I mean, I just loved that. Um, and then there's the statues from the Battle of New York on the top of uh, yeah. which I know has been in the trailer, yeah. Yeah. but Heroes, um, yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, not, yes. not the Avengers, so then, but the actual like the first responders. Stuff right. too. That's the. So we go into uh, so we go credits, and then we come back for uh, the, mm-hmm. end of the swinging through New York. Yeah, and so that's yeah. I'm like, I'm like I knew I, I'm like I knew he shot footage, and I knew that that was going to be like. I, and I I figured out oh yeah he's going to blame he's going to blame Peter. Like he's going to blame Spider-Man for all this kind of stuff. He's going to, you know, and I don't know what Spider-Man is doing. And so that happens. And it's like, I'm like, oh yeah, freaking Mysterio, man. And then freaking J. Jonah Jameson shows up and it's J.K. Simmons. Oh Which, my the way, God, the people I, screamed. Oh no, 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 no. Let me, let me add this. You screamed. <laughs> like I, and I've been to several movies, more than one movie with you. <laughs> You have never had a reaction like you had at that. Oh moment. my god! I in, in a I I did not anticipate that ever happening, and it could not have been. It's funny because uh, my friend Carlos, um, it, like we talk about this all the time about how perfect of a Jay Jonah he was. Like we talk about the person who was perfect for the role in in all these comic book movies, and how perfect Robert Downey Jr. was for it, and how perfect Tom Holland was. And it's it's like. Man, they're gonna have to Jake. Like, how are you gonna get a better J. Jonah Jameson than J.K. Simmons? You're not. So they didn't. They went back and they got. No. It, and it's like, oh my god! I so did you read that. the? Did you read the story about um, J.K. Simmons has talked about what like when they approached? I did. Him? Yeah, go ahead and tell for those who have no, no, So he he so he he initially is like, oh, no, why would you? This is a whole different thing. Like, why would you want me to have it? You know, back. And then they explained the take on the character, and he went. Oh yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, and it was great because they brought him in for a meeting, and they didn't even tell him what it was for. Because it was just like yes. it's like the, basically like a super secret Marvel thing. They bring him in the room and go like, he's "Like, okay, so what? Uh, what part are you thinking of me for?" Well, you might remember it. <laughs> and yeah, and then they pitched it to him as as basically he's like a uh, an uh, sorry, Info Wars kind of. Uh, uh, well, it, which is which is which is awesome because it obviously brings yeah. a lot of <laughs> and real it's, world uh, issues, and into it's what they universe. did in the PS4 Spider-Man game to great effect too. I mean, it's like right. so it's it's in the ether. Uh, but but you know what I love? Okay, but you know what I love about the sequence is he could have recorded that with like one yeah. other guy in the room, and and maybe and maybe that was like, the case. They, I mean, like, like they probably because apparently this was the biggest secret in the movie, right? Did you um, okay? So did you also catch the interesting Easter egg in this whole sequence outside of J. J. No. Jameson? I don't know. Maybe. That the television, the news host giving the breaking news, is the same guy uh, mm-hmm. Pat Kiernan. He's been in he's been in a ton of other MCU movies, and he's also been in the Netflix shows. Oh, interesting. I mean, I recognized him as a newscaster, but I didn't recognize him from all of that. He's been in Iron Man three, and he was in the Avengers, and he was in Doctor Strange, and he was in Daredevil. Huh. And the so Punisher. he's like their their uh, their news guy. Yes, which but I did think that's funny though that he's maybe one of the first characters to break the Netflix <laughs> wall with the MCU wall, which is kind of funny and just I'm, you know probably that's oh, not going to go anywhere. But yeah. I just thought that was interesting. However, I have something else to say, and I have read this a few other places, but I did think this after the third third thing, the third uh, viewing. So uh, Peter Parker, so now he's accused of uh, mass murder and all this other thing. Yeah, um, he's going to need a lawyer, isn't he? <laughs> 
gee, I, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if there's a sort of part of town in New York that he might be able to go uh, and find a lawyer. Personally, I think uh, he, like, he might go to see uh, Jennifer Walters. I think, uh, oh, or or uh, Mr. Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, <laughs> I mean. Okay, it makes sense, and it makes is, a ton there of is sense. Counts for precedence, but it's not going to happen. Well, no, you know what though? I'm not sure of that. Here's why I'm going to say this. Okay, ideally, Spider-Man three, mm-hmm. twenty twenty, late twenty twenty one, summer of twenty twenty two. Yeah, but I think it probably summer twenty twenty two. Okay, th- their their agreement with Netflix is over by then. Ah, uh, it's true. Oh no, they're they're they they no longer the the character of Daredevil. I'm not saying it's going to be they're going to bring back the character no, the the Act- the actors and everything. Yeah. No, no, no. But they can they can run with the character by then. Like I think there's a there is something to that. I I actually would love to see that happen. So so that was oh my god, I can't I can't believe that. Like first of all, it was it was enough that J.K. Simmons is back as as J.J. Jameson. Not only is J.J. Jameson in the world, but J.K. Simmons is playing it. Oh my god. Yes. But then yes. No, they reveal his identity to the world. Wow. Like we've never seen that in a Spider-Man movie or television show before. That's so amazing. Amazing and brilliant for, for several reasons. Number one, just as you think, okay, again, this is my favorite Spider-Man movie, right? Uh-huh. How could it get better? Well, we're not, we're going to blow it up. We're yeah. going to go in a total, and that is brilliant. That takes guts. Yeah. That never, takes, never would have thought they would make that decision. No, like, they, they would that, go that bold. That is strong. Um, okay, and number two, you have now completed the Tony arc, the Tony Stark arc. Yes, just just in a in a in a uh, bad not way. in a willing manner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean that's brilliant too. Like right. I, from I am Iron Man to he is Spider Man. Yes, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Fantastic. And then okay, so then let me go through the credits, and then then the other shoe drops. <laughs> so. Uh, then after it gets, we'll get into some wild speculation after this because this is going to lead into that. So oh, then yeah. we find out that the reason that our Nick Fury and Maria Hill have been so inefficient and have missed all these clues and can't contact all these superheroes is because that's not Nick Fury and Maria Hill. It's uh, – I can't remember what her name is. Talos and – Soren. Soren. I always forget the wife's name. Uh, yeah, they've been running the show on Earth while Nick is off in space. In space, once again, it it goes back through and it and it unlocks all this other stuff. As you think, like, well, why can't they contact any other heroes? Because he doesn't know any of them. Like, I I likened it to, okay, so he's running the show as Dick Fury. He's the substitute teacher. He has all the notes, but he doesn't have all the know-how. Like, he doesn't know all the ins and outs of the school. He just has what was left to him there. So, I also like the fact that it makes sense that when they talk about. When he's listing Avengers, they get to Captain Marvel, and all of a sudden Nick is like, "Don't you say her name, you know? Well, no, like, don't invoke her name. Don't invoke her name. And it's like, oh yeah, to him, she's the greatest hero there ever was. Absolutely, and, yes, no, totally makes sense. And uh, that's why he like, why can't he contact them? Because he doesn't know all their numbers. Like he legitimately doesn't know how to contact anyone. Well, and, it's, and it's why he's a dork in a couple of, di- of the different scenes, right? <laughs> He's kind of a bumbling, like, what happened to Nick Fury? What yeah, did he do? Yeah, right. I get it. So like, I'm like, wow, he's really playing him differently after Captain Marvel. Okay. So isn't this crazy? Um, I think we talked about this many, many episodes ago. In one of the early teaser trailers for Far From Home, mm-hmm. there is a scene of Peter entering the school. 
Yes. And there was speculation in the background. You could see Ben Mendelsohn. Oh. And I think that's very, I mean, that's almost too, that's uh. too crazy of a coincidence. So now I'm really wondering if there are a lot, there were scenes scene yeah, there. that he was, he was in there and stuff. Now. It was such a great thing because I love, I love Talos. I'm so glad that he's sort of around and doing stuff. Oh God! So Nick, it's just I, once again because uh, because we so we were watching the credits go by and you're and you're saying to me, so what's it going to be? Like, what's the last scene going to be? And I was like, oh man, it has to be something setting up future stuff. Um, but I'm like, I'm thinking, man, there got to be like they're setting up Sinister Six, right? Because we're like halfway there. There's right. three of them there. Like they're half or Osborne has to be Osborne. There was the rumor. Right? There was the rumor that they were going to pan up the building and you were going to see yeah. Osborne going on top of the Osborne. Avengers Tower. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but I'm like, I'm like, well, it has got. It has to be something that's going to set up a future movie, though. So I'm like, is it going to be a Black Widow thing? Like what? Like what? Is, we don't even know what the next movie is officially. Uh, but then it was like, ah, in a in a. And you, if you gave me fifty tries, I would not have guessed. Oh, Nick Fury is actually a scroll, and the real Nick Fury is off in space. Do we? Which is which is we take that as that sword, basically. The, yes, the, that's the- sword. Okay, so let's talk about sword. So sword is something that came that Joss Whedon came up with in his um, astonishing X Men run. Uh, sword is the space version of shield. So there's. Shield and there's sword. So I do not remember what the acronym stands for because uh, I'm sure it has changed multiple times too. But that's the idea is that they are the space focused version of Shield. So they are the ones protecting Earth from the scum of the universe. Oh wait, no, Sabiri has that. Uh, but they're the ones who are outwardly looking to that. So I, that's what, and and there actually was a um, a really fast a fantastic character uh, named Abigail Brand who ran Sword. So I'm hoping that she might show up too. She's sort of like the space Maria Hill. And sword, uh, part, sword is part the, alien. is sentient world observation and response department. There you go. How about that? God bless the Google. There we go. Um, so yeah, so I, I very clearly I think that they are setting up sword. So that we're going to see, and, and that's great to have Nick Fury off off world too, because that means Nick Fury can be involved in the the space kind of stuff too. But also the fact that that entire thing was staffed by Skrull. Yes. So there's this whole missing chunk from the end of Captain Marvel 1995 up until now, 2023, 2024, whatever this movie is supposed to be taking place, that like what happened with the Kree Skrull War? Why are the Skrulls around there? Like why like you know what happened there that it, that Nick is clearly leading the group, not just like just some guy. Cuz I mean like he helped the Skrulls, but not like Captain Marvel helped the Skrulls. So I don't know. It's, it's, Is that Cap- Captain Marvel two? Who knows? Yes, That's- right. Exactly. Yeah, where does where does that leave us? Where does where do we go from there? Like I have to, so so let, so let's get into let's get into some wild speculation then too. So. What is what is Amazing Spider? What is what is Spider Man graduation? That's what I'm calling it. Spider Man three. Oh yeah, it's got to be gra- it's got to be graduation yeah. day or something. Yeah. So so what so what is your what is your take on that? What is that? What does it look like? What is well, it going to be? Well, he's in some he's embroiled. We'll already have there'll be like four more Marvel movies before right. that. And and I don't think they necessarily connect. Like we said, I don't think there's going to be a lot of connecting between the 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 different um franchise the the different stories. Um, yes. By the time it comes out, we'll probably we'll have we'll have three. Disney Plus series completed, right? And probably four more Marvel movies. I don't, I don't see how you're not going to make a movie about litigation and his whole like what happens. I think either yeah. that's done, that's done in the pre-intro credit sequence or whatever. But you know, you get to a point where you realize 
he somehow has to continue on. Does his graduation day is is going to be very different than maybe what everyone everyone suspects? I, I, I does this tie in? It's I I wonder if it ties into what the scrolls are doing and Nick Fury's doing. Hmm. Like I I mean that's interesting. They don't necessarily have to tie into you know post credit scenes of as we know they can they can appeal to anything. I, they've already talked about you know, like I think some like very odd villains that I had never heard of. Do you hmm. go now? Okay, if if Quentin Beck is actually alive. Um, J. Jonah Jameson, isn't he connected to uh, the Scorpion? Yep, he is. The King so, of the Scorpion and uh, the Spider Slayers. So you still have, and you still have Vulture. Alistair Smythe. Yeah, like you still have these characters hanging around. I, I think you, I don't know how they don't go down a Sinister Six route. I just don't know because, I, you know, I mean, and, and of course, you know, you've not even touched Green Goblin or Hobgoblin or anybody in this, in no. this universe yet. I'm going to be, I think it's going to be very interesting what they decide to do next. I, the way I, I see it, I don't know how the the whole arc will play because I, I, sorry, I don't know where the MCU will be at this point, but my sort of thumbnail of it is Spider-Man Fugitive. So, all eyes will be on Peter Parker, and so he will not be able to do any of the stuff that he had done before or go to the places he had gone before. And that's where I think Flash Thompson comes in. Or oh, so, is, what's, so, yeah, like, so what's the thought on that? That's what my thought. Okay, so my thought is he can't go to Aunt, to Aunt May. He can't go to the Stark Foundation or whatever because that, like everyone who knows Peter Parker knows all the stuff. So he goes to the one place no one would look for him, Flash's place. And Flash is the one man left in New York who still believes in Spider-Man. Oh, that's awesome. That's true. So it's the two of them. So I think that he will end up taking sort of the Ned role, and so even though I think the rest of them will still be in it, uh, but I think he'll be like the one like working with Peter and doing all of the stuff, you know, and completely inept at it and and self-serving and, and having to reconcile his feelings about Peter with his worship of Spider-Man. Uh, and so I think he'll be like the – it'll be the two of them together. And I think – okay, so this is what I would do. I know this is – I would say in order to stop Spider-Man, we have to bring in our own guy. So we're going to bring in someone who could hunt him down. Maybe like Craven the Hunter. Oh, you bring him in like as a like a super like a, like I've hunted other super like he's a sitting as a reality star, which they did in Ultimate Spider-Man, or as a jungle hunter. You bring him in as a bounty hunter. So he's like a super version of dog the bounty hunter he's a celebrity bounty hunter and he's going after the biggest prize of all spider-man so he's the big bad of of the the main one going on and i think that this is basically like i basically just set up act one i have no idea what act three is <laughs> of that okay so you you realize you realize you're spot on right uh, I, th- I think so i mean I, well, this no, is no, how no. this is what it feels to me well no wait so hold on so this is a this is an article from uh cbr.com uh i saved this for i think this was for, from last week okay they're talking to Chris McKenna. Chris McKenna and Eric Summers are the writers for Far From Home. Uh-huh. This is literally what they asked. They asked him, like, who's the next villain? And he said, that's a tough one, McKenna said. It's also so tough because we're dealing with MCU and Sony with it all. Yeah. And some office would be like, well, you can't use that one. Yeah. Or what about this villain? I've always had a soft spot for Craven the Hunter. Okay. He, I mean, that, okay. no, like that. So this, that so this, so, so this is, this is what the, they, they bring in, uh, you know, me as a producer. But, okay, so the, I'm going to make this a lot sweeter and then we can move on from this point. But I already have the perfect person cast. This And the thing is, it, it's so good that I encourage you guys to fast forward because no one they cast will be as good as the person I have already picked to be Craven the Hunter in Spider-Man 3. Are you ready? Do I count it down? Yeah, go, go. Uh, three, two, one. Hugh Jackman. Oh my God. Wait, I'm, I'm Googling right now images of the character. Yes. 
Yeah, it, it that's is, outstanding. It's absolutely Hugh Jackman. It would be the perfect Craven the Hunter. Oh, especially bring him in back to the, bring him into the MCU proper as a villain. I mean, sort of. I mean, like you know, Craven the Hunter he can he can sort of go either way. But he he's big. He's intimidating. He's a brilliant actor. He knows how to do this stuff, and the fans would go insane. Could he wear that? He's got to wear that big lion head. Jacket. Yeah, sure. At some point, like he'll probably just show. Oh. It'll probably be like a promotional thing of like him walking through New York or anything. That wouldn't be like his costume. Costume. His would be a lot more functional. Oh, that's awesome. But like you make him, you make him like high society, you know, as opposed to just you know like like, like that's couture. Like basically, he shows up oh, and that's yeah, like yeah. a you know it's like a jacket designed by somebody. Oh, wow. I mean, think. I mean, oh, that makes if, if you look at him, I mean, if you look at him uh, in pan. He's already got. He can rock the facial hair. Oh yeah, totally. Of course. Yeah, I think I like. Uh, as soon as I had thought of that, I'm like, I can't see anybody else doing it. And and, and who knows? I'm, oh, and wow. I, you know, they'll probably find somebody that'll be brilliant stuff too. But like, oh my god, <laughs> that would be no. That makes so sense. fantastic. So so when when they pan off to the right, Nick Fury's looking out into the big vast void of space. Yes. I got us. I got definitely got. A, I was hoping that this. Um, well, I was not hoping. I, Celestials is the first thing that came okay. to my head. I'm thinking. So I think. I still think. I think I've said this before, but I'm thinking Annihilus. I think they're going to do Annihilation, and so they're going to do because I don't see them doing. Oh, I was thinking. I, the first thing that came to my head was Squadron Supreme. But it's not Squadron Supreme. They, they're on in the X Men. Oh, the Shi'ar, the Imperial Guard. There you go. I got there eventually, ladies and gentlemen. I, I heard you all it. screaming yeah. the name, and I thank you, thank you, audience. Yes, the Imperial Guard. Um, I don't see them doing that just because it's it's really hard to get them away from their their obvious Justice League analogs. But I think having a nice and so then you could do all you could then your Guardians of the Galaxy, your Nova, all that kind of stuff can be in their own. Oh yeah, no space Nova definitely crossover kind yeah. of thing. However, I don't know the way that I mean. Obviously, Adam Warlock is going to be showing up in Guardians three, but. James Gunn seems to be sort of done at that point. So he's doing his own thing. So I don't know how involved in a big epic cosmic crossover he would be. So, yeah, once again, we're left with where the hell are they going with this? Yeah, but see, I love, but well, that's great though. Jeez, oh yeah, I mean, exactly. I love, I love the mystery. I love the fact that, that they actually have us guessing as opposed to like, what, what are they going to so, do? So, um, okay. So can I add a, uh, an interesting crackpot theory? Sure. That's somewhat related to the ending of this in the, in the final scene. Um, and I read this, I did read this online. I think new rock stars maybe did something that hinted on this, but again, definitely thought this at, at seeing it the third time. Has Soren been Maria Hill the whole time? <laughs> Chronologically, so. it very well could be. No, it's they, I have read a few theories online. There is a very good case that she has been Soren the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's at this point there would be nothing really to contradict that. And 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 what I love is though, and I think what really got people thinking this is is that why would you, why would you not put her in that final scene on the ship? Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty oh, that's obvious. True. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. You only see Nick Fury, and then I I think I think it was New Rockstars did this where they went in and they said, you know, when you think about when you first saw her in the original Avengers, mm-hmm. she comes out of nowhere. He totally trusts her, even though she's like 28 years old in that movie. Huh. And you start to put all the things together, and it was like, oh yeah, that's a good that one. Would be, that'd be a, that would be a nice little retcon. I, I I was really I really enjoyed reading and seeing some of the stuff on that. <laughs> the the, uh, the speculating um, it explains a lot. Yeah, it it really actually is kind of funny. But anyway, it was brilliant. Ooh. I mean, you know, they they totally made it. Um, and then you know, we should we should also mention there is the little uh, tribute card at the end of Stanley. Yeah. Uh, which is nice on Sony's part. Yeah. 
And um, no, it, it, this is I, seriously love. I loved it. I lo- yeah. So job. yeah. So, so sort of wrapping up our, our feelings of it. It was, I will say Spider-Man homecoming is one of my favorite of the MCU movies. I mean, there's a lot of great ones, but like uh, that one is so much fun. It's so full of joy that I could just turn it on at any point no matter what is going on in my life and just sit down and watch the whole thing. It is, it is a, a great, great Spider-Man story. And this lives up to it. I, 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 every time I think back on far from home, I love it. Like I, there's, it's, there's no part of it where I'm like, yeah, but the, you know, it's like everything brings me joy. When I think about Mysterio, when I think about Ned, when I think about, uh, even, even, uh, JB Smoove. I can't remember what the name, what part he played, uh, the, the other teacher, essentially like all these little right. things. I mean, a lot of his stuff didn't land as well as Star. Yes, which is all which is Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, like all of these these great things that happen in like, and and it's so well put together. Like, so when I walked out of it the first time, I kind of felt this felt a little. I don't want to say overstuffed, but it felt much more in service to the MCU than the other ones. It felt. If the first movie was Winter Soldier, then this one was Civil War uh, because it, it had. But that's by nature of where it landed as being the last of Phase Three. That it had it had a lot it had a lot on its shoulders. But that being said, it's a great Spider-Man story, and then it has this other stuff as well. Whereas I feel like Civil War is really Avengers. I mean, they call it Captain America's no, Civil War, but eh, come on. But this one is very much a Spider-Man story. But it's just it's doing a lot of heavy lifting for the MCU, and it does it with skill and alacrity i mean like they they pulled off yeah every every time i think even in talking about it today i like it more now after having our discussion than i did yes. earlier on and, and and i liked it before i like yes. I, i'm, I'm no, full I, in the bag I'm, for mysterio jake gyllenhaal mysterio no i'm a i'm a believer they did a uh and and who knew that they could they could actually create an amazing after dinner mint to end game in, in a two month in a two month span i i'm serious i can't yeah I, i'm blown away yeah Way to go, guys! Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do an episode just for the hell of it, for like on Justice League, <laughs> and then we can you can hear us and you can hear oh, us yeah, rant and rage just, for, for yeah, an hour. So if, if, if you really are interested to hear my uh, my instant uh, reaction on Justice League, uh, I did a web series for a very short time called Before and Aftermath. Uh, the uh, so uh, my friend Kim and I uh, the the idea was that I wanted to do a show where we would talk about the movie we were going to see just before we walked into the theater, see the movie come out and then record our immediate impressions afterwards. So it's it's all shot in her car. You can, you can see my interaction of like how I felt going into Justice League and then having experienced it, how I felt immediately coming out of it. So you can find it. It's on the YouTubes. You can find it. So if you search for Legible Scrawl, and then you'll see there before after. We don't. We, I haven't posted a bunch of videos, but that one's up there. Because you would have had me like in the back row, and like before, I would have been like, "We're going to see Justice League." And uh, then- that's kind of how it ended up. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, Kim's reaction is very much because she felt like she'd been stabbed. I mean, she was like so angry after. Oh. I was just like massively disappointed, but to the point of of laughing hysterically. Of like, they released that. I mean, like the fact that that Warner Brothers was like. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's good enough. We got to do something. All right. Anyway, go, if you haven't seen it, go see Far From Home. Go see it again. And then if you can, throw in a showing of uh, Endgame 
Let go see Endgame. Let's get it over Avatar. We believe in you, fam. So, all right. Well, thank you all Yay. for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another bullpen bulletins here coming up soon. There's lots of stuff going on. Thank you all for uh, following along and uh, listening to us rant and rave about this kind of stuff. Uh, the Road to Infinity uh, still continues on. We the more MCU movies are coming, uh, we got lots more to talk about in the interim. So, thank you, Rob. Thank you, and we will see you all further on up the road.